This episode of That Time We Started an Anime Podcast is brought to you by Cupables. You think it, we'll cup it. Let's make it a cupable. Josh. My name's Adam. I'm Danny. And this is That Time We Started an Anime Podcast. So we got a really cool episode today. Um Danny, uh why don't you uh tell us what we're doing today? Well, we're doing a uh, discussion on the Seven Deadly Sins season one. And um, we actually got a special guest with us. I'm sure you guys have been listening to the last few episodes and you've noticed we've been sponsored. And we actually have the head of Cupables himself here with us. John, why don't you come in and say hi? Top of the morning to you. Hey, John. Hey, Josh. So, Look, yeah, I'm excited. No. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> Dora, I can edit this part out. <sighs> but yeah, now we're going to be talking about uh, the seven deadly sins. And now, John, how much of the seven uh, seven deadly sins have you uh, watched before, or have you ever watched it? I have watched it as one of my favorite animes. Um, I've watched it all the way up to the Ten Commandments got released, and then a little bit more after that. I think that's season four, if I'm right, but I don't remember. Okay. That's not bad. Um, so, Danny, uh, how much have you watched? Oh, I'm current. Uh, I've watched everything on Netflix through the whole season uh, series. I've also watched their uh, final movie on the series. The only thing I haven't seen is they've come out with a prequel for their next series, and they have a movie for that that I haven't had a chance to watch yet. But I do plan to get around to it probably this summer. And, uh, Adam, what about you? watched the whole entire first season i i went i got through it within i think i got through the first season within four days of just just binge watching it not bad yeah i've um i've watched the first season before um and i'm trying to rewatch it but you know with vacation and everything else and uh sabotaging your truck Getting ready, yeah. Getting ready to uh, move at some point. Um, I only managed to watch like six episodes, and I don't know if I remember what I watched because I think I might have dozed off because I was very tired. So, um, yeah. But overall, I I did like I I did like the season from what I remember watching it at least. Now, I gotta ask, Adam, who's your favorite sin? Oh, uh, Gosh. Gosh? Yeah. You're thinking of Black yeah. Bulls? Gosh? Oh, right. No, um, Gother. Gother. Yes. Uh, from all of them, I, I think I like Gother the most. That's fair. What about you, Josh? I've I've got to go with Melionis. It's a safe choice. I, I've got to it. Um, and not not just because he's the main character. It's just I just like his antics. Um, I like his attitude. So sometimes it's pretty funny. I I forgot how perverted he is, though. But it, it's. I mean, to me, it's it's funny. I'm sure it's really not, but it's just the way they play it out. It's kind of funny. So, 
Don't get me wrong, it's perverted, but down the road it almost makes sense. Okay. Well, like I said, I've but, never really made it past the first season, so. John, what about you? Who's your favorite sin? Oh, man. It is a... It's a toss-up between three of them, but if I had to choose one, definitely Meliodas. It's just original character. I like his antics well. That's very fair. I'm a big fan. It's always a toss-up for me between either Bon, the uh, Foxen, or... Um, <laughs> Escanor, the Sin of Pride. Oh they God. both have really good scenes and they both just live their character. So it's like, okay. I just sit here, I'm like, I'm always back and forth on like which one I think is the better one. I love me some Escanor. Uh, he's, he's great. Escanor, if I remember, he, he's like the skinny nerdy dude and then like he ends up being like this big bulky guy. Like yes, it, it, okay. I that's why I remember it because I I do remember meeting him for the first time, and I was kind of like, huh, what? And then once he had you know the power and stuff, you know, like you can see how strong he actually is. He gets powered up like through the sun when he's out in the sun. He gets stronger and stronger, but then it's like okay. He's got to get out of the sun before he explodes or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. So he's sort of like Superman. Sort of. But cockier. Oh, much yeah. cockier. Like, if you take Vegeta okay. and you mix Superman, you'd probably get Escanor. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, okay, I, I, I only think... know one of those reference. <laughs> but I think Escanor would give Vegeta a run for oh. Saiyan Pride. It depends what time of day. I will argue that. If it's during the day, yes. During night, no. Nah, he's. Oh, you he might as well be Yamcha. Absolutely, he should be. <laughs> but I will say, I do love um Bane's backstory. Or, yeah, Bond's. Sorry, Bond's backstory. Oh, his backstory makes me cry. It does. And his father. Yeah, from what I from what I've watched in the first season... Bond's backstory with the uh, with the um, with the fairy, uh, 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 King's sister, and the Fountain of Youth. Yeah, that's pretty sad. I will admit that. But I I think it was probably the only person that he truly cared about, and he tried to take out that demon. I don't know if he was successful in it, but he definitely like put his life on the line to defeat that demon. And that's not even a touch of his whole backstory either. That's what's that's what's even crazier. That's why he's like my second second or third favorite, because just do the backstory alone. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I um speaking of uh Bond, um is that pretty crazy how they had him locked up and Pinned to the wall, basically. Oh, they didn't have him locked up. He chose. Oh, well, yeah, up. but it's still. You know, just the way they did it. Because I, I remember he wanted to feel the pain or something like that. Yeah, he just wanted something to fill the time of being immortal. Yeah, um, like, like Danny said, he chose to be locked up. It's like, all right, well, it's time to get out now. What? Yeah, the captain's calling me. <laughs> that part was pretty funny. What what I love is when you have the uh, those royal knights who are there, and they're like, "We put a giant dome over the prison, and nothing can break through it." And all it was <laughs> was like a little sparring match between Bond and Meliodas, and the whole thing came crumbling down. Oh my god, yes! And it was just a sparring moment. That's what's crazier. It wasn't even like a full flown fight. Um, speaking of, um, I find I I, I thought it was kind of funny how uh, that one holy night uh, was it not Gunther um, the one that uh, Elizabeth and Meliodas knew from like back in the day. 
Oh, Gil Thunder? Gil Thunder, yeah. Um, when I first watched it, I thought, oh, okay, they all know each other. But, man, times change. You know, it kind of sucks that, you know, he's acting the way he is, you know, towards, you know, his friends. But then again, the set, the seven deadly sins were set up, um, killing the, uh, killing his father, so... Yeah, I remember too with um Gil Thunder at the end of season one you find out that uh, a demon has basically the princess trapped by like this weird demon bug and it's threatening mm-hmm. her life if they don't do what it wants. And it wasn't just the princess, it was his love too. It wasn't just like the princess, it's he loved that princess. He was uh, supposed to protect her and then that demon bug was basically I was gonna kill her if he didn't do what they wanted. True. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. So, are there like any favorite episodes from this season? Mm. So, one of my favorite episodes is when they're going to find Diane, and you have hmm. all the little goblins that take over. Oh Elizabeth. yeah, yeah. And he's like, "All right." If you guys are Elizabeth, I want you to all jump up. And Elizabeth refuses because before that even happened, it was established Meliodas somehow got her underwear. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I, I'm no, I, no a bra. I can see because I've done it before. Um, on one of my ex girlfriends or whatever. But I'm a magician. Panties? There is no way. I mean, we so, are talking about Meliodas. Oh, true. And plus, with the way that he had Elizabeth dressed, yeah, I think that would be actually possible. Yeah, but you would have seen he him actually... basically just wearing a skirt. True. But he would have had to cut the panties in order to get it off. But again, this is Maliotis we're talking about. He probably just full-countered those panties off. <laughs> probably. <laughs> But I would say um, smart move on his part, but still, that's just too funny. I would love to give Meliodas credit to say, yeah, he knew that those things were in the force. But let's be honest here. He just wanted those panties. Oh, absolutely. And the look on her face, too. So hilarious. Like, how'd you get my panties? So. Um, for me particularly, it's actually later in the um, it's later in the series. It's where you actually get to run into the Ten Commandments, and it's the Ten Commandment Fairy King and the Ten Commandment um Giant God. They're doing this maze, and it's where um Escanor is there, and he was gonna kill Gunther, but he actually didn't kill Gunther. He actually ended up um hitting the Ten Commandments. I love how nobody can pronounce Gother's name right on the first go. Oh, yeah, no. Adam calling him Goosh from Black Clover. Now we got Gunther <laughs> from... I know where it's from. I just don't remember. <laughs> Sir, I am not all about pronunciation. Clearly. Yeah. I call Bane... Or I call Bond Bane from Batman. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right, Josh, what was the scene that you remember that you can think is one of your favorites? Um, it's got to be with uh, Diane and uh, Gunther, because isn't Gunther... Um, Kind of, not. I I would say, in love with Diane, right? Or he really, really cared about Diane. That's not Gunther. Or is it? Um, that's you're King. Like King. King. Okay, yeah, that's right. No, uh, but you would, I I just like some of their scenes. I think um, she. I think maybe got dinner or something like that, but. I think it was, wasn't it like you a rescue right. or something? 
he she got hit in the head. Like it depends what scene you're talking about. There's a few back and forth between them. Um, but yeah, there's one time she got hit in the head and forgot who King was, and then vice versa. It's funny. I I know the scenes you're talking about. Okay, yeah, that that was one of mine, and then uh, I think with the when Meliodas and uh, Diane like meet for the first time in like ten years, their reactions was pretty funny too, especially when uh, she had thought that Elizabeth was uh, a new like new girl or whatever because Diane it seems like she's in love with Meliodas but it's more of like you know cap like Meliodas is her captain but just that reaction back and forth and then he, he <laughs> she like literally um goes nuts and she screams and then the, and you see in the white forest, like you can see a shockwave from her screams, kind of. Her breaking the sound barrier, yeah. Yeah, that was funny as hell. So, uh, Adam, uh, what about you? What What's your favorite scenes? I have two. One is the whole scene in the necropolis uh where bond is able to get in touch with um king's sister and king isn't able or at least king's sister doesn't want him to see her but she'll allow bond to see her i think that nice little closure was kind of nice with a with that character and then the second one would be the revival of one of the best characters of the whole entire series and that would be hawk because hawk dying was was very sad for me and then seeing him at the very last bit of the of the season coming back it's like how dare you guys kill off uh kill off hawk then he Comes back, this little tiny pig, and so great. Oh, I gotta give it. Uh, wait, does Hawk does Hawk mom actually have a name? I don't remember. Uh, at this point in the C- series, Hawk's mom is known as Hawk's mom. Correct. Okay. She does have a name, but is end game spoilers. Okay. But no, it's just the fact that, you know, she carries the boar's hat around is pretty cool. And then I like how she, like, just digs down to the ground with the boar's hat. and uh, But it, if I recall, uh, in season one, didn't Hawk's mom uh, do some fighting, per se? I believe she does do a little bit of fighting, or she at least absorbed like a large energy blast. She absorbed a large energy blast. I believe in the second season, she actually didn't really fight, but I knew she was uh, tackled a demon at one point, just hit him off to get them out of their way or something, if I'm right. Yeah, she never really directly fights, because, let's be fair, how can she fight? Mm-hmm. But... She does come in and do some overpowered things every now and then. Like, and I gotta, I gotta come back. What do you mean? Who's, have you seen real life boars fight? They like mess up people. So oh, I can see her. Sure, sure. If if Hawk could uh could fight and do his damage, like yeah, Hawk's mom definitely could do some real damage. <sighs> But we do know Hawk's power level is 300. Yeah. Yeah, it is 300. You you find that out from Merlin later. You They just start doing Dragon Ball power levels. Yes. And I believe she gives Hawk the ability to see power levels as well. It's over Yes, yeah, she gives her... She gives her... A, uh, gives Hawk a uh, earring... To recognize power levels. Oh, I remember that. 
that that was kind of cool how how she reacted on that, getting used to having that. Now, one character I don't want to get on the bad side of ever if I ever were to run into them in real life for some reason would be Merlin. She is a scary lady. I yeah, yeah. she kind of reminds me of a um this uh a very powerful witch slash dominatrix if you like mess with her the wrong way. Right? Okay, not just me. Cool. Oh yeah, but I'm glad that at least you guys like it because boy, I've heard some very messed up things about the Seven Deadly Sins. Like I talked to somebody else who's like a big anime person and all that, and he's like, "No, that's the horrible anime series. If you watch it, you're just a piece of trash." And I'm like, "But it's good. But I'm basic, so." The thing about the Seven Deadly you know, Sins is there it are runs... there are far worse animes that can that there than uh, Seven Deadly Sins. I would have to say. Uh, Charge Man Ken would be definitely one of the worst animes ever. Yeah, I won't watch Charge Man Ken again. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> We've already talked about this. You guys can do it when I'm on vacation. Nope. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. Josh can, but I'm... Yeah, there By far, there are probably some... Like... I will have to say there are far worse animes than uh, Seven Deadly Sins. I like the fact that with this one, all the sins, like, like respect Miliotis, from what I can tell, from, from what I've seen from the first season. It's like, it was very interesting when you, when first starting the first season, it's like, it's established. Sin's good, magic, magic Knight's bad. And then it's like, you find out that's towards the end of the first season, it's like, oh, it's only two of the magic knights are bad. The other ones are just following orders. Which kind of reminiscent of... Think about what the other ones did, though. Were they just following orders, or did they take those orders to heart? Well, I think they were all deceived. So, like, Bug Lady? (laughs) (laughs) What Bug which bug lady? Oh, yeah, I remember uh, bug lady. Bug lady oh. was in uh, the first season with uh, the three uh, holy knights, the one that like made one of them think or uh, make Meliodas fight Diane stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah. some of those holy knights come off as very evil. So oh, I was like, yeah. yeah, they may have initially yeah. been deceived, but did they take that deception to heart and just be like, fuck yeah, we get to do this now? Oh. We can go back into like True. real life, technically, like just like you you know a bad leader, but then you're still following him because of orders. I do agree. Like they took it to heart, like really into heart. Okay, I'll give you that. But I was going to compare this to like uh, Alicization, the when it came to Sao Alicization when. When uh, Yujiro and Kirito were fighting those knights, only because, again, the main bad person was like was like affecting everything. And once they took her out, they suddenly became the good guys. Like, and we're fighting alongside with Yujiro and or well, Yujiro is dead at that point, but with Kirito and uh, uh, War of the underworld is it yeah yeah so no, i get your comparison there are definitely some magic knights that were yeah. just like following orders like uh, jericho again another one where i'm always been questionable like i know later in the series like she makes a big turnaround but the one that does the explosive blast oh like, during the city of the dead oh yeah yeah, yeah. i know that one I yeah, trying to remember I, her name. I, I feel like she was just enjoying that aspect of it. Like, oh, I just get to blow people up. True. Okay, if you have the ability to make fireballs, would you not enjoy it? Okay, okay. Just because we've played D&D doesn't mean we need to talk about fireballs in the bar, okay? Sir, fireballs are amazing. I would do that. I would, I would enjoy it even if I was on good or bad. I'd just go blow up pe- things because I could. 
Yeah, except for when you almost died in the game because of somebody casting fireball or their or their uh, whatever turns them into a suicide bomber. Hey, to be fair, Adam, you didn't and have to deal with it as much as uh, me and our other friend. All right. And again, <laughs> I almost Boy. died multiple times because of that little, you know what. But again, fireballs are useful. You can blow up a city or light or light a candle on fire. You know, useful. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, I think if Amar Gunther actually likes her or something and like does this whole changes her mind that they were in love or stuff. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, there there are reasons why I'm not a big fan of Gother. Even, I understand. Even later in the series, where they're like, "Oh, this is like how he's supposed to be," and blah 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 blah. Like, I guess he turns around, and he was supposed to be a likable character. I had issues with him. I okay. I don't actually think he turns around because Danny. Uh, I don't know the other two know, but me and you know that Gunther is a a puppet, basically, right? Yes. Oh, I knew that just because I looked his character up i knew that part but i've heard of like later in the series he does some pretty messed up stuff but for the sake of like the first season i liked him because he he did that mind thing that helped some of the uh match some of the newer magic knights not turn into the demons because of them drinking the demon blood like he kept their sanity at least on some of them, and use that power to actually like break them out of their like part demonness. So I like him because of that fact. But I've heard of there's some stuff that he's done that's pretty messed up. Well, like he's a puppet from the Ten Commandments. The guy made him to go explore the world. So he's a neutral character. How I view it. There's a lot into each character's backstories. Yes. Uh, that's all I can say. Like, it gets crazy after season one. Um, each character gets a really good fleshed out backstory. Mm-hmm. I think one of the cooler characters, especially later in the series, definitely becomes King. Agreed. Because he just unlocks a whole lot more power. Oh, it's funny is that he is usually always asleep, right? Give or yes. take. Give or take, yeah. He is the son of sloth. It's I'm uh, kind of reviewing was it episode uh, twenty one, the looming threat, and I forgot that some of these monster characters kind of remind me of. Uh, Oh, what's that one that was a different take on the Turtles? Um, Ninja Sharks or something like that. There's a couple of characters that kind of reminded me of them, the monsters. Hmm. I'm trying to remember that. But actually seeing, because I think one section, one of the one of the humans or whatever turned into a monster and the way they animated that transition was pretty cool. I am now trying to think of what you're recalling to, but yes, when you figure out like the demon blood's messing with the um, the holy knights, mm-hmm. do like their transformations. Yeah, I think you're thinking about uh, Street Sharks, possibly. It's it's a show from the early '90s. Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking like, of. But yeah, just one like, of the like, yeah, one one of the monsters kind of reminded me of uh, of that. Uh, cartoon. Yeah, thinking you're thinking uh, Street Sharks. Which, uh, uh, one was a hammerhead, one was a great white, one was a tiger shark, and one was an orca, if I'm not mistaken. And you saw yeah, the transformation yeah. of the starting of the intro of uh, Street Sharks. And then the mad scientist Use his blood with a piranha, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that makes sense. 
And I know exactly what demon you're thinking of. I believe it's the first one they run into. He actually looks like one of those sharks. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember. Yeah, it's it's in the episode 21. <clears throat> but And then... Uh, yeah, the... Yeah, the whole fight scene and stuff. Pretty good, too. And I will say about King, I I do like that. Because at first I didn't really like King. I just thought he was a spoiled little brat, to be truly honest with you. Then when you, like Danny was saying, when you get the backstory of him, I figure out what happened to the old fairy King, and then compared to, like, King, I see why. Like, I see why he was chosen, technically. No, yeah, with... King himself, he's a he's a crazy character. He's definitely probably the third strongest of the seven deadly sins before the end of the series. But even by the end of the series, he is still up there in his strength. Like it's insane. The stuff that he can do as the uh, king of the fairies. And see, and I don't think it's much strength. I think it's more like intelligence. And yes, he has strength, but he's one of the smarter ones out of the group, besides Meliodas, but that's just my bias. Well, I think Meliodas just has time on his side. Yeah. <clears throat> like, he's been through a lot. Yeah, he has. Yeah, agreed. No, I gotta know, Danny, because you know more than I do. King's form, like, his, is this true form, the, the one big guy? Or is this true form, like, the, the kid? Because I see him keep going back and forth. So, where we're at right now, his true form is the kid. The big guy is um, what he takes to, like, pass as human. Ah, okay. That but he does have a true fairy king form that when he's able to access the full powers of the fairy king mm -hmm. he does turn into and it is like fuckboy levels of bullshit ah uh, so you're telling me i gotta be careful got it yeah yes you do you, you, you in particular gotta be careful of course i'm excited to watch more Yeah, no, it, the show gets really cool, especially, like, down the road, they'll start doing, like, big old team combos, and, like, one of my favorite ones that they do involves, oh. um, them using the, uh, whatchamacallit, they'll use, like, full counter, do, like, their full blast, and Meliodas will just full counter it. Double its power, full counter it, double its power, full counter it, double its power, and each one's exponential exponential in growth, and then he'll finally like fire it at the enemies. Hmm. So it's like once we start to get into those, and I believe that he does those in almost every movie, and then towards the end of the series, he does like the biggest one. And it's like it's always a cool moment. I do remember he did something similar to that, but it wasn't like they get a move, but like he turned off his shield or whatever it is. It's like at the end of the first season where he just kept taking hits and then eventually just delivered that power full blown to the guy. Thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. No, that one's great. What I really love is um, when we do get to uh, the Ten Commandments, you find somebody who has like the opposite of full counter. So instead of countering. Um, the magical aspects of everything, he counters the physical. Oh, yes. And that's just so cool when that goes off. Yes. Yes, it is. I know. I remember who you're talking about now. Okay. That's what I remember. So, one of the, one of the magic knights that they spot yes. end up being... Um, a friend of a friend of Harley Quinn, which is King. Uh Helbrum. 
Uh, yeah, that whole fight between uh, him and Hel when Helbrone finally takes his true form with King's fight in him, that was pretty amazing to actually watch too. Oh it yeah, was, no, Helbrone going full demon. That was like because how many times that how many times like it, I didn't realize like how many years like passed with uh within within Harley Quinn or uh, King's life uh, from him leaving the essentially leaving the fairy forest and then Helbrom sort of like so many times that he had to kill Helbrom but Helbrom kept on coming back just within that first season like kind of felt bad for Helbrom yeah same I feel bad for Helbrim, but honestly, I never feel better for him either. You never feel better for him? Why? Because he always just try. like, later on in the series, he, like, tries to be, like, a good guy, and I'm just like, I never trust him. Never trust him. Wait, he comes back? He's the uh, one that went to the White Demon, right? Which one's uh, Helbrom? I thought um, Helbrom was the uh, was a friend of King's in the Fairy Forest, and then he took uh, human form. But then King realized that who he really was. Oh, that Helbrom. Okay, I just had him mixed up with Hendrickson. Um, no. I don't trust Hendrickson, but uh, Helbrom. Eh, he, he makes some minor reappearances. He's okay. We all know he ain't no Escanor or Meliodas, fair enough. <laughs> no, he's definitely not an Escanor. Or Meliodas. I did like his villain arc, though, that he had. Like, I thought that was neat. <laughs> yeah, where he essentially just hated humans. Hated humans and hated getting... Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, Did hate King. Yeah, because the first time you see Helbrum, he's that one judge during that whole fight to get back um, Lady Deanne's uh, sacred treasure. With the and you see with the helmet and the little arms, and the like that weird robe, and then. What do you guys think of the sacred treasures? I don't know. I don't really remember much about them at, off the top of my head. What happened? I can't hear you. Oh, right. Sorry, I had to help Adam. It's all right. We, we all help Adam from now and then. Mm-hmm. Like when he broke his finger at work and I told him to go home. And he ignored me. I'm sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> I <had a> broken <laughs> finger. Yeah, not my smartest moment. It's fine. I never have a smart moment. Just like when that printer hit me in the head. I never had a smart moment after that ever again. You had one before that? Fair enough. <laughs> um... Before I answer about the sacred treasure thing, in that fight for Diana's um, sacred treasure, that's why I don't think King is physically powerful. No, he's not. No, he's not. Even my Maliotis actually knows this. Like, I saw him fight a total of physically fight a two two times, and he lost both of them. Like one was against a cat. Again, Again, I think he's more mentally, like, one of the oh, mentally stronger characters besides Merlin. Yeah, he's definitely magically stronger than most of the other characters. But he needs to have his uh, sacred treasure, the fear uh, scepter thing that he always uses as a pillow. Oh, yeah. If he doesn't have that, he can't do anything. 
Marilyn sure. can do whatever she wants. She can snap her fingers and you're just disintegrated in a ray or trapped in a box eternally. Yeah, true. On that. Now, as for sacred treasures, what do you want to know exactly? Just my opinion about them or? Yeah, your opinion about them if you have a preferred one that you've seen so far. I mean, currently right now, I will say one of my favorites, like for me, I'm a medieval type person. I love sword and shields, and I love bows and arrows, but I do love King's Sacred Treasure. King has one of my favorites. For me, and John, you've played Dark Souls with me, so you get the idea. I like the big bonk. So, like, Diane's hammer, I think, is one of the cooler ones, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see that. Now, what about, uh, Adam, did you see any sacred treasures that caught your fancy? The only two that I know of right now would be Lady Anne's hammer and King's sacred treasure. Uh... Of the two, I think I like King's more. It's definitely more versatile. I mean, granted, the sacred treasure for Lady Anne gives her much more power than she... I mean, as a, gi as a giant, she wields a lot of power. I mean, just being connected with the Earth and everything like that. But I, I think I like King's sacred treasure of the two that I know of at this point. That's fair. Isn't there technically three during the first season? Technically, Gunther's is a sacred treasure, or does he get one later? So that's where he technically has his. No, he technically has his. His is like that, uh, just his magic in essence, or I think it's the armor. I think it's the magic, magic essence. Yeah. But, um, oh. and then I also do think you technically see Merlin's because I think hers is just like that little orb catalyst she uses but she's so powerful she doesn't really need a good weapon yeah true now the one that's crazy when you finally get to see it is Bond's sacred weapon hmm I'm excited to see that yeah because by the end of the by the time you get to see it it's like they've all gone through their upgrades and their power scaling and all that. And it's just the funniest thing because Merlin just tosses him his sacred weapon. She's had his sacred weapon the whole time. But she's like, hey, now that you're this strong, you can pull out everything out of this. Isn't that weird nunchuck thing that he carried, like, earlier? Mm. I don't think that's it. I don't oh. think the one that you already saw is it, but it's the best way I can describe it is like imagine like a pole, like a fighting uh -huh. stick, but it's yeah. broken up into like four separate nunchuck things. No, you see it later. Yeah, I know. So I've seen it. Yeah, the weird pole nunchuck thing that like you <laughs> see him use earlier in this. You might have seen it in a flashback because he doesn't have it at the beginning of the season. He just has uh, normal nunchucks. Yeah, no, he, I, yeah, I think Adam or Adam, I think you remember from the demon fights and well, from the tree and the fairy yeah. king's sister. Yes, he has it then, but that's a flashback. But I know exactly you've seen it before. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one's pretty cool too. I forgot Merlin had it the whole time. It's like here you go. Oh yeah, no, that that's what made the whole thing even funnier. And then, like, Meliod is selling his uh, sacred treasure. Is Meliodas swore that sacred treasure too, right, if I remember? This are you talking uh, about the sword on his back, or are you talking about a different sword? The one on his back. No. That, no, that no. one is not a sacred treasure. That's just like Which one did he have? A piece of the... Of the puzzle, right? The key to the puzzle or something like that? 
So Meliodas, yeah, you're right, Adam. It is the key to the puzzle. Oh, Meliodas' okay. sacred treasure is a sword that basically gives uh, Meliodas the ability to make copies of himself at oh, different degrees yeah, of strength. Right. That's right. That's actually pretty cool that he's able to do that. Oh, yeah. And with full counter, where it doesn't inflict any damage to his copies, and they still get to do it at full strength, effectively. Mm -hmm. Like, it becomes broken. Crazy. Well, uh, getting to that time, um, so... Overall, how do you guys think of the first or season one uh, overall? I'm just gonna be biased. I I like the Seven Deadly Sins, so I, I don't like I don't agree with the haters out there. That's very fair. I honestly liked the first season. I like I said, I think I got through the first season within four days of just binge watching it constantly. Uh, so, Danny, what do you think? Yeah. I I'm with John. I'm gonna be a little biased on here, but no, I really do enjoy the Seven Deadly Sins. The first season being more of a parody on the fantasy style before they actually fully get into their bigger story. I think worked for them, but I think that's where you get a lot of the haters. But yeah, no, overall, Seven Deadly Sins has always been highly recommended for me. Yeah, for me, uh, from what I remember, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, hold on one second. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed watching it. Actually, I did enjoy re-watching it, but again, I was kind of tired, so I didn't get very far, so... Um, but yeah, um, is there anything you want to plug in as far as our socials and all that? Uh, just as always, we want to make sure you guys reach out to us either through email, Facebook, or join our Discord. Um, in the next few months, I know we're planning on adding some Patreon-exclusive content, so keep an eye out for that. And then the only other thing I want to bring up is the last few weeks, you guys have heard our sponsorship at the end, all of our funny antics and everything. I think going into uh, this last week for it, the best person we can hear about Couplebulls from is going to be the father of Couplebulls himself. So, John, why don't you tell us about Couplebulls? Ah, such a weird uh, weird way to be called father of Couplebulls. <laughs> but, yeah, um, it's just weird, I'm just saying. But, you know, you can go to other grocery stores, you can go to these shops and you'll have these cups out there but you can't get your own custom cup like i know one of the things i had problems with was i can find like you know we can talk about just since we're talking about anime like dragon ball z cups that'll have goku on there or have like you know vegeta and all that but what if i want to what if yamcha just dead it's hard to find that so one of the things i wanted to start this company up was to make a custom mug it's like hey i want this scene and you can get this scene on there that's the reason I started Couples was a custom a custom cut that you know I finally got Josh has his uh, Adam has his just so you could be like I have these exclusive like I have this scene on a cup or I have somebody's name that their name is spelled funny but you can't find it in a normal store and if you go onto different websites their cups are like you have to buy a hundred of them for like seventy bucks. I wanted to make it to where you can buy one cup, be a reasonable price, and then be able to last you for a while. That's the reason I started. And that's the thing I like to go off is, sure, you can go get a cup in the store, but can you really have a cupable? You know, I want you to come to the website, um, which is cupablesaz.com, and just take a look at what we got. And if there's something you don't have and you got an idea, you know, come shoot us an email. Let's make it a cupable. And I'll make sure we have uh, links below as well, so in the comments. So, um, well, I will say, John, I, I do really do like my cup. I've actually been drinking iced tea in it all day, so. 
Good. I'm glad it actually is good. So I'm gonna have to now my cup's been keeping everything nice and cool for me out here in Florida. So again, yeah. I really appreciate the cup you send. The fact that they have our names on um on air and then we also have our logo. Mm-hmm. Like I think that was like the coolest thing when uh, the cups came in. What about you, Adam? Yeah. I like mine. I think yesterday I used it to drink some iced tea. I'm drinking water out of it right now. Mm. Again, we can try it, coffee with mine. Oh, yeah. And that was the one thing. was like, I can go find a cup somewhere, but it won't have my name, or it'll have my name spelled wrong. Because I go by John, and it's J-O-N. Not J-O-H-N, not J-H-O-N. And it's hard to find things like that. So I like to make sure that oh, we I get the name spelled correct. Wrong. Oopsies. It's okay. Everybody spells a J-O-H-N. I dare you never corrected me. Well, we'll go into that long debate later. <laughs> <laughs> That's a debate for a different podcast. Uh, but again, thank you so much, John, for hopping on on this. This was a real great pleasure. It was uh, very, thank you for really sponsoring was. our podcast for the last two months. Um, I hope we're able to work something out in the future to have couples on more often. Well, absolutely. This was a uh, blast, and please, I would love to do another one. Certainly, certainly. Well, with that, um, Danny, why don't you uh, sign us off, sir? Well, from hot and muggy Florida, ciao. From hot and me being sunburned from going to a pop-up. This is Josh. Later. From hot and sunny and dry Arizona, this is Adam. This is This podcast was founded by Joshua Keck and Adam Hart. Produced by Joshua Keck. Adam Hart and Danny Steinbrecher. Edited by Joshua Keck. Music by Ari Epstein. Artwork by Kayla McClure. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash that time we started an anime podcast. On Discord at that time we started an anime podcast. And on Patreon at patreon.com slash that time we started an anime podcast.